Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Chris. And Chris, I feel like every time we talk, uh, part of the conversation veers on doom and gloom, and part of it veers to optimism, just because of the way the Mets have been playing since the second half began. Uh, we are coming off of this. We're recording Friday morning, uh, Friday afternoon, technically. It's 12.02 p.m. And um, the Mets had a great win last night against the Pirates on Roberto Clemente Day. We saw Daniel Vogelback get his first extra base hit in a while. It's, it was over, uh, Mark Vientos collected his first RBI and his first hit. You know, it was a good performance. But directly preceding that was a three-game sweep by the lowly Cubs in what was just, I mean, ugly circumstances. You know, um, Jacob deGrom did not get the win in a game that he absolutely should have because he had the audacity to give up uh, you know, very, very, what was it? One run he gave up or two runs? Uh, well, before uh, everything sort of fell apart. Right, right. Yeah. I, I guess it was definitely one, uh, maybe two before the umpires blew an obvious call and then the bad defense and everything else. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I forget exactly where the line was on that. But yeah, it was a, a, a human performance. Yes, to, exactly. Uh, yeah. In what should have been a winnable game against the Cubs for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, David Peterson had an absolute disaster of a start on Wednesday. It was bailed out by uh, 
I think our one of our most unsung heroes of the season, Trevor Williams, but the Mets still lost that game. Basically, it was just a rough stretch of baseball against a team that the Mets should have easily handled. But the Mets are still a game up on the Braves because uh, the Braves have looked a little more human the last uh, you know couple of uh, you know the last ten days or so. They were six and four over the last ten days, which is bad for the Braves, but you know good for everyone else in baseball essentially. Um, and yeah, so I, I guess, you know, just it's that time of year. We got to take a temperature, how confident you feeling right now about the Mets and about the uh, playoff picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty good here. Of course, a week ago we recorded and that was the tone and, uh, they promptly lost a game to the Marlins that, that was not pleasant either. Uh, they did go on to win that series and, uh, it's been talked about a lot over this stretch Really, since the Dodgers series, there has not been a close game. Um, I, I guess the the Grom game was probably the the closest. You know, you look you look back at games that were decided uh, in just a few instances uh, by. So I guess the, all three games in the Cup series were decided by three runs, but um, and so was that Marlins loss. But that even that isn't that close. Uh, for the most part, they've either been obviously winning or obviously losing a game. And right. look, if you're going to lack the dramatic comeback and and uh, you know multiple run innings late in a game to uh, to win like they've done so much this season against much better teams, at least you're doing it against teams where you're only hurting yourself once. It's not a Right, it's not the double whammy of uh, losing ground yourself and letting a team that you're competing with gain ground. So, yeah, I, I think well, one of the things that was comforting too at some point yesterday, uh, Dave Capobianco of Amazing Avenue, um, just ran a, a custom date thing on Fangraphs, and it was the Mets hitting stats since the start of the Dodgers series, I think maybe the end either way uh, this stretch that we're all kind of not thrilled with and everything. And, and he looked at it and it was really the only hitters that were bad in that stretch at all. Like <laughs> mediocre or, or bad were the two DHs Vogelback and rough. And obviously we know that we've seen big time struggles from them both uh, for Ruff, it's been his entire tenure so far as a Met. And Vogelback, it's just been more recent. But seeing that, seeing that overall, most of these guys had really good lines uh, as hitters, and it just wasn't turning into runs, it, it sort of backed up the comments that Pete Alonso made after one of the games. Uh, look, you know, I'm paraphrasing him here, but we know we're good. We know we've earned the spot we're in. And we're confident that what we're doing is going to, you know, continue to work. Uh, and I think, I, I think the way they've played lately, it's certainly fair for people to say, okay, I'm concerned. Uh, this isn't great. This isn't currently fun. Uh, that's all fair, but it's, it's when people start jumping to conclusions and it's a point that a lot of people have already made, but um, this team 
has done a lot. This team is not bad. This is not a Mets team that is looking to finish somewhere between 83 and 85 wins and maybe grab a wild card and, and get in on the, uh, you know, the lower end of playoff teams. This is a team that, uh, while they're not going to catch the Dodgers for the best record in the National League or baseball, um, they, they're still in control here. They still have a very realistic shot at winning the division and uh, holding on to that status uh, in the playoffs that'll get you a bye um, to skip the new wild card round. So, yeah, I I think they will do what they need to do. I would really love if they could just kick some ass over the next five or six days and yes. hope hope the Braves lose a game or two in that stretch. Um, it would be very nice to get to Atlanta for that penultimate series of the regular season and just not have to not have to go in feeling like, Oh, we have to sweep the Braves in their ballpark to win the division. Um, You know, I I'd love to get to that point and say, Hey, the Braves have to sweep us. Right. uh, If, if we were on the Mets when I say us, but (laughs) I I understand. I understand. I know. I'm not, I'm not a, we guy. Neither am I. There is, there is a, there is a, we to fandom. Uh, but but yeah, I, I absolutely think that the Mets can play good baseball. The Brewers are definitely the best team other than the Braves that they face over these last 17 games of the season. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, if, if, if a week or two of what, what they've done recently is just not enough to set me back uh, – on, on what I think this team is capable of and how good I think they are. So um, here's hoping that I'm, I'm right. And that they just play, uh, I don't know, better baseball and, and yeah, we've seen it all year. So I'll just, yeah. I'll, I'll keep sticking to that. And uh, you know, I, I, I want, that division title and the buy, I think that is a huge advantage. I, I don't, you know, I don't worry about having a layoff or whatever. Um, if anything, it, the fact that they have Degrom and Scherzer atop the rotation, um, I feel like those those two guys could are, are like the most uh, likely to benefit from from a few extra days, not just for their health, but also because they're just, I don't know, machines when it comes to the mental side of pitching. <laughs> yes. I don't think that those two are going to get thrown off by anything once they know what their schedule is. So, um, yeah, I, I continue to say, let, let, let just bring it on. I, so there you go. That's, that's a lot of optimism for, for what they've done lately. Is it too much? I, I I wouldn't say it's too much. I mean, look, the reality of the situation is that I would say there is definitely a a wide gap between the Mets and Braves and everybody else in the um, wild card picture, right? And so, 
I would say Mets, Braves, and maybe Padres are the the ones that I would consider like the the best teams. But the Phillies are a good team. You know, they're not a great team. The Phillies are are a decent team, and they are they're not quite fighting for a playoff spot. They're they're relatively safe in that spot. I mean, hang on. Now, now, I, got, now I have to look this up to back myself up here. I think that they have a relatively decent uh, lead in that. Let's see. Yeah, they're two and a half games up on the Padres right now. But so they can't afford, of the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies, the Phillies can least afford a losing streak because they are the closest away from being eliminated from a playoff contention picture. Even though it would bum Mets and uh, Braves fans out if their teams hit the skids right now, both teams are probably going to make the playoffs no matter what happens over the last couple weeks of the season. That's not true for the Phillies. So the Phillies have to be fighting for every game that they play from now to the end of the season. And seven of those games are against the Braves. And so I think that that is going to be the salvation of the Mets season is that I don't think the Phillies are going to lay down for the Braves at all. Even if they only wind up taking a couple of games from the Braves, they're going to, I think of those seven games, I mean, I just I have to believe that the Phillies are going to be taking at least three or four of those games. I'm hoping just because they do have so much to fight for right now, and so that that's the optimist. The optimist in me says, I hope the Phillies take care of some Braves business here a little bit, and then I would say that the Phillies are a considerably better team than the um, as you mentioned the Bra- the Brewers are, and so the Mets have three against the Brewers, but the Braves, as I just said, have seven against the Phillies. And so after that, the the competition looks pretty similar. You know, the Mets have, um, I guess it's uh, three more with the Nationals, two more with the Marlins, and then three with the Athletics. So, I, you know, the, if, if the Mets can just keep doing what they're doing without <laughs> ignoring the Cubs series as part of that, right? But they can keep, like, taking the series – from these bad teams, even if they lose a game in each of them, but you know, maybe they won't do that for once. Um, it would be, I think they're going to be okay. I really, really do. My ultimate goal is that the Mets are four games up, which is not going to happen, but my, the, the best thing for me would be for my health, my heart, etc., would be for the Mets to be four games up on the Braves when they head into Atlanta for that last series. Uh, just because then no matter what happens, it's, uh, you know, no matter what happens, it wasn't necessarily that series that did them in. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, and and uh, they've got three off days over the next two weeks as well. Um, I think they can benefit from that, too. Um, yeah, and, and the the Braves only have one off day in that stretch. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of wild that the, uh, the and you're right. The Phillies still have to absolutely play like their playoff spot is not secure because it isn't. Um, I actually hadn't realized until right now that that uh, the Padres are even more sort of on the edge there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that is a negative of the of the Brewers series, though. The Brewers are a game and a half out of the wild card spot right now. 
Right. So they're they're playing hungry as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And it, look in the National League, if you have a winning record, because there's a there's a gap there. The teams with winning records all have a shot at the playoffs. And the teams without do not. Uh, the American League, there's a little bit more, I don't know, a little more gray area between those spots. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, and- it's it's pretty it's you know it's pretty star if baltimore can push in first of all god bless them that's amazing but it looks like that's probably the only real you know yeah and even even that even that seems a little tough at this point yeah yeah i will point out looking at this um there's only three teams in baseball that have 90 wins and the mets are one of them that's true and and the mets should have more than that based on what you'd think the last month would have been yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and look, the, the Braves have two games in hand, but I don't care. <laughs> right now, the Mets are one of only three teams that have won 90 games. So, right. yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Dodgers will win 100, uh, presumably before the Mets get to, you know, 95. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I do still think the Mets can win 100 games this year. The, the Cubs series was the first one in a while that knocked them off. Uh, their pace for 103, 104, which they've generally been on almost every day for the last right. three months. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think it's. Um, when was the I last time the Mets won 100 games? Um, that's a good question that I feel like I should know the answer to off the top of my head. Me too. I, I, I'm mad at myself for not for not even knowing that off the top of my head. It wasn't, it wasn't was it? No, they won like 97 that year. That's what I thought, yeah. Is it 88? Um, right, I was, so 88 was what I thought off the top of my head. And um, yeah, 97 in 2006, 97 in 99, 94 in 2000. Yeah, yeah, only 300 win seasons in franchise history, and 88 was the most recent. 88, 86, and 85? Uh, no, no. Uh, 69. No, sorry, 69. 90, 85 was like 90. They won in the 90s and 85, I believe. Yeah, 98 games. Yes, it was. Okay, yeah. Three games back at the end of the year. That. Yeah. Yeah. 87 team won 92 games, too, and also was only three games back. But yeah, 98 wins and no playoffs. That's uh, like the format that's in place now, I think, is overboard and lowering the bar a little bit too much. But Agreed. When you look back at that, uh, to win 98 games in a major league baseball season and and just go home, that's ridiculous. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, that's so hard to do. Yeah, it is. Uh, right. If the Mets won 100 games, I'll be ecstatic because I, I mean, I I was six years old in the '88 season, but I was not really paying attention to baseball every day. So that'd be a nice thing for the Mets to do this season. Yeah, 2006. It felt like they won 100 because their division lead was locked up so early. Yes. I mean, they were by, <laughs> by, by this time of that year, they were 16 and a half up. Wow. <laughs> September 12th, they were 16 and a half up. Just and for context, they... the only uh, playoff race that is that far is the Dodgers being 21 games up on the Padres. That's yeah. the only uh Division race in baseball is even close to that. I guess Houston was is thirteen up on Seattle. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then a- after 
they, you know, after that point, they had a couple of losing streaks in late September. Like that team really should have won a hundred games, but also when you have the division wrapped up, who, you know, who cares? Who cares? Right. Exactly. So I would say that was a hundred win team on quality. It just didn't, <laughs> there's just not a hundred of them in the, uh, in the record book. That's all. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy. That the end of that, the end of that season was one of those things where I, I feel like everybody, Everybody was very confident in that team's ability, but their play in September was uh, not inspiring. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any particular notes from the last uh, couple of games? Or just things you saw that you liked, didn't like, etc., etc.? Yeah, no, I think... I think I've been pretty, um, I don't know, optimistic, uh, unconcerned, whatever with David Peterson, but the recent performance, I think it'd be okay if he doesn't start a game for a while. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I, I think that Peterson is, you know, look, it would be lovely if he was a legitimate option down the stretch here. If, if someone does need a day off, but I think at this point, I would feel better about trying to get see, see if you have anything out of him as a lefty in the bullpen and just go with a bullpen game if you really need one right now because with the last couple of starts he's made, they've needed a bullpen game essentially anyway. Or or give Trevor Williams a start. Trevor Williams is uh, the unsung hero of the Mets, of the 2022 Mets. I hope he gets a uh, an extra big World Series share when they win the World Series. <laughs> nice. Knocking on some wood here, but you know. Why not? Um, do you have any confidence in Peterson's ability to go out of the pen? Um, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that has happened so many times. And this is more of like a circumstantial situation. Um, but it's one of those things that we've seen a lot in baseball, changing a starting pitcher into a relief role. And then, uh, dominant reliever emerges uh and it feels like the Mets haven't done that I mean I guess Seth Lugo and and earlier Jury's Familia both you know sort of fit into that role because they had done some starting but Peterson seems more like uh he's got a lot of major league starts under his belt it's the role he's been in and he hasn't been terrible in it despite recent terrible performances um so yeah, 
anyway, it, it just feels like the Mets have not, not been good at figuring out which guys can make that switch and have their stuff work better in relief and all that. So my expectations are, are fairly low. Now, that uh, could still make him better than Joely Rodriguez. I don't know. But, um, yeah, with this short span of time for him to try to work in that role and, you know, just the way he pitches, I don't know. What about you? I don't know, man. I just feel like if I, – I feel like he doesn't necessarily have – he doesn't really have a strikeout pitch, you know, a, a lot of days. And so I don't know how you necessarily put a guy who's not a, without a strikeout pitch into the bullpen in the playoffs. It just seems like it's a mistake. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I mean, look, maybe it'll work out and that would be great. And I, th I think it's worth trying no matter what. I, I think that, you have to try it, especially if you can open up a little bit more of a lead with the Braves, or if you decide we're just going to use Peterson in low leverage situations out of the bullpen and see what we have there. Because if it winds up working, that's a real asset to have. But if it doesn't wind up working, it's not going to burn you too much either. Um, yeah, I, I guess that, that's where I stand with this. Yeah, and I, I think one of the things, too, with him um... – I don't like, and I don't think anyone likes relievers who have walk problems mm -hmm. and his walk rate isn't terrible, uh, you know, as a starter, but it's also not great. Um, and when you, when you look at what the Mets have in their bullpen, um, of course, Rodriguez being the other lefty, he's the one who has <clears throat> an even more alarming walk rate. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, but you look up and down the bullpen in terms of guys who you figure are going to get appearances and uh, just walks per nine. Diaz, Adovino, Trevor Williams, Seth Lugo, um, Tommy Hunter, Trevor May, even Michael Givens as a, as a Met. Um, all under three walks per nine. And I, I think that... Um, the, look, there's other ways to give up runs, but the that that's a pretty consistent theme. Um, and and to go into this with uh, two lefties as the only lefties who might even get appearances out of the bullpen in playoff games, uh, and they're both guys who have walk issues. Um, I don't know. I, I don't love it. Uh, yeah. I'm hoping that the <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I have more confidence in. Trevor May looking like he, you know, has kind of gotten things back to where they should be, um, which he was starting to do before he got COVID recently. Yes. Uh, but I have more confidence in that happening than getting to an NLCS game and being like, uh, I don't know, Freddie Freeman's up for the Dodgers and, uh, yeah, David Peterson's coming in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. I can't imagine being amped up for that. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that I, that's something that I get to feel. I just don't expect to. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is I, I would say, and this is not the biggest vote of confidence I can give. I even feel more confident with the way Givens has been pitching lately than I do with the way Peterson's been pitching lately. So 
you know, yeah. when I'm feeling better about Michael Gibbons than I am about somebody else, that's that's a pretty low bar at this point in the season. Yeah, I will say we got like the worst introduction to Michael Gibbons that we possibly could. Yes, have. yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. I mean, he was the guy who granted his last couple of seasons, you know, the numbers might not have been as good. But in his time in Baltimore, he had some stretches where it was like, um, this is a a bar that I think is actually not a bad one. If you play in fantasy leagues that count holds as a stat, uh, Michael Gibbons was sort of a hot commodity in fantasy baseball for two or three years. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that's not really the case now, but the, you know, it's somebody who has had some major league success and uh, yeah, it, it's, he's definitely better than what he looked like in his first few games as a Met. And in his last, I don't know, bunch of games, it's been much much better he hasn't given up a run since i think it's the 28th of august something like that so you know yeah uh, 26th of august he's scoreless since the 28th he's had a couple three two inning appearances um he's still walking too many guys still giving up too many hits than you would like to see from a high leverage reliever but you know he's making it work yeah 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 so prove us wrong david peterson yes please be better than Injured and COVID-stricken uh, Trevor May or Michael Givens. Yeah. If, if you're listening, which, <laughs> which we know you are. <laughs> of course. 100%. Uh, we should also mention uh, yesterday was Roberto Clemente Day, which is always a great day throughout baseball. Um, this year's Roberto Clemente nominee for the Mets is James McCann, which... You know, it's always funny to hear about people doing really good in the community when you've never seen them out in the community. And maybe, maybe he's doing a ton of charity work. I just don't see. But, um, you know, it's nice to know that he's doing something for the team. Even if it's just PR stuff. Because on the field, he wasn't doing a lot for a long time. Um, But, you know, good for him. And it's just, I I mean, I'm, I'm with Carlos Delgado in that I think it's probably a good decision for baseball to retire number 21 across baseball but i don't know how long that will take if it ever if it even ever happens how what are your thoughts on that uh yeah no i i definitely support it at this point um yeah i i think it, it's he's certainly deserving um and it's just an acknowledgement of a whole uh, culture uh, and, and its importance to an inclusion in baseball. And then obviously the, the celebration of his character and the way he lost his life and, and all, all of it. Um, and then just strictly like from a numerical standpoint, the fact that it would be 21 and 42 uh, yeah. as, as the two. Um, there's just some uh, nice, who doesn't of, love who doesn't love symmetry, right? Yes, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, that's not the top reason to do it, but uh, it, it it would just it would work, and I, I think um, I think there are enough numbers to go around that it, it could be it could be done. Um, and you're only really hurting teams like the Cardinals and the Yankees. Right. Who retire everyone's numbers. 
Right. And the Yankees just retired 21 for Paul O'Neill themselves. Right. Yes. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd say it, it would be well-deserved and uh, a fitting thing to do. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> as, as much as some of the changes, then um, we can spend a whole podcast, but we'll, we'll wait for the winter because screw 2023 baseball until the 2022 Mets are <laughs> exactly yes are done. But uh, you know, I'm, I might not like every rule change that's being implemented and all that. But um, maybe this mostly comes from being a Mets fan this year. But just sort of embracing history and uh, things that are being celebrated, um, it, it feels like that is being done well. Yes, and and. Uh, and this would just be another, another thing, um, you know. How many things can Rob Manfred and, and the league do that a lot of fans would be enthusiastic about and celebrate? Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, so one last thing I wanted to, to talk about with the tired numbers, and this is not me putting you on blast, but I'm curious. Did you listen to the podcast I did with Eric with Eric Steven of uh, True Blue LA? I, I can't say that I heard all of good. it. Good. No, no. <laughs> then, then I can ask you the trivia question from that episode. Yeah, all right. Which was, uh, I had made a joke about a certain team retiring a certain player's number, and it turns out that is true. So who are the only two? What are the? I'm not looking for the numbers. looking for the people attached to them. The only two numbers retired by the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, okay. So... I feel like I've seen that come up, but I yeah I don't I don't remember it off the top of my head. So it's a pure guess. Okay, I'll give you, gonna, if you want a hint, I can give you a hint. Um, well, if the hint is Simpsons related, one guess is Wade Boggs. That is correct. I don't think you can get the other one for a very okay. good reason, which I which I will tell you after you guess it. Okay. Um, let's see. I mean, I feel like they will do Evan Longoria, but not yet. Uh, so that's not that's not my official guess. Um, I'm drawing back on like I think when the Mets played the Rays, did they retire a number for like an owner or something? It's not an owner, but it's okay. somebody who never played for, managed, or coached on in the in the organization. Okay. Um, yeah, then I, I give up. But I, I, as I'm thinking back to like the Mets broadcast talking about it, I remembered there was something odd. So that, well, that, there, there's, there's a Mets connection there too, okay. which is that it, it's Don Zimmer. Oh, the, he he was a senior advisor for them for ten years, and um, I, I guess he would he would occasionally be in the dugout for those games and every year he would increase his uniform number to match the number of years he'd been in baseball and so they retired number 66 that was the last he was in baseball for 66 years mm, okay. which is a crazy thing to to have said about somebody but it, you know I, I guess it's true for him so yeah um but yeah just like you know, on the other side of the Yankees are the Rays, who need to basically invent numbers to retire. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But one last thing before we get to our music picks tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out or the next day, uh, Saturday, September 17th is the Dollars for Dingers fundraiser event at Ebb's Brewery at City Field. We have so much amazing stuff to give away. Bobbleheads, Funko Pops, mugs, um, T-shirts, signed baseball by Pete Alonso, a signed baseball by Francisco Lindor, um, a, an awesome neon sign that I don't even want to tell you about. It's just so cool. You have to see it. Um, we're going to be tweeting about this on the Amazing Avenue account later today, highlighting some of the prizes from the giveaway, the giveaway for the raffle, rather. Uh, but it's also going to be a really nice time to come out and celebrate Mets baseball, celebrate the amazing work that the National Domestic Violence Hotline does. I am so proud of what a pot of their own, which is our podcast, the Spearheads this every year. I am so proud of the work that they have done. Uh, they, after tonight's game, they may well have already raised $6,000 this year, which is, you know, just incredible. We're, we are halfway through the month of September, and uh, they've already raised that much before our big in-person event, which usually is a, a nice big addition to that, too. So um, there is more information at AmazingAvenue.com, so please go there and uh, check it out. We did have a first this year, Chris, which is this is the first year a former Met has pledged. Oh, are you aware of this? No, no, no. Uh, it, it is. It is uh, former podcast guest Trevor Hildenberger. Oh, very cool. He is doing a very cool pledge too. He is. Uh, he's pledging five dollars per home run, but is also he's done what he calls the Trevor special, which is five dollars for every Trevor May or Trevor Williams strikeout. Also, <laughs> nice. Is he still so, playing? I believe he's still playing. Let's see. He is. Um, hmm, maybe he's been hurt. He, he's only thrown a couple of innings uh, in the Giants system this year. Okay. Okay. So that that doesn't scream like nobody would you know nobody signed him, but also maybe there was an injury there. Like you wouldn't sign a guy and have him pitch two innings and then release him from you know. Right, like, of course. No, your your two your two minor league innings weren't good enough. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, right on. That that's very cool. Um, so that officially makes him the Met who would most likely former Met who would most likely like show up and hang out with us at this <laughs> yes. point. Yes, because the, uh, the, yeah, that pledge is very on brand for. <laughs> for yes, that's right. That is a very amazing avenue uh, pledge. Uh, my bonus pledge this year is for every um, – I, I have my baseline pledge, but for every um, Vogelback home run, I'm doing uh, an additional $2.70, which is a penny for pound as what his weight is listed as. Uh, mm, yes. So, you know, that's, that's, that's my little extra fun for this time. So, anyway, Chris, what is your music pick for this week? So um... – for the first time in several years, mostly because of the two worst years of the pandemic, but also a less regular touring schedule. Uh, I went with a friend of mine and saw Pearl Jam for the first time in a, in, in a while. I think the last time I, we had seen them was at Fenway Park, um, long before COVID was a thing. And yeah, it was a good show, had a great time. And I looked back and uh, for two reasons. One, I've never recommended any of their records on this show, which... Oh, that's surprising. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't I don't listen to them quite as much as I did maybe 
uh, five or 10 years ago in my usual rotation of music, but I was a little surprised to see that. But uh, combine that with my last two recommendations being PJ Harvey, would have been better to do this back to back, but (laughs) (laughs) still PJ Harvey, Dinosaur Jr. uh, So I'm I'm staying sort of in a a little bit of a theme here, even though the records are from different, um, different years. And I will recommend a song from which they played uh, a song, an album from which they played no songs at this show. Uh, not a complaint, just a note. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they have their third, fourth, and f- or no, second, third, and fourth, third, fourth, fifth records. Like in that range is definitely um, my favorite stuff that they've done. But today I'm picking No Code. That is the proper uh, pick. Congratulations. Uh, you picked the best program album. I, I, I agree. I mean, I was debating Yield is also really good. Uh, and, and, and it's always between those two for me. But yeah, no code. It's just, I don't know. I, there's nothing on there that I don't like. Um, and then two of my favorite songs, Red Mosquito and Present Tense are on there. I, I love those songs. Uh, and it's just got like, as an album, it works so well, uh, and, it, and it's sort of, uh, I mean, they play a lot of these songs regularly. They just didn't at the show that I saw this week, but it starts kind of quiet. It gets loud. It, it, it It's like a really nice balance of those things. Um, so a couple of the acoustic songs on it are some of my favorites that they've done that way. And then, um, you know, the, the louder songs are, are also up there and, uh, one of the very, very few tracks in Pearl Jam history that Eddie Vedder doesn't sing, Mankind, is on here. Mm-hmm. Stone Gossard on the lead vocal. Um, so, yeah. Album art works pretty cool, too. So Yes, it go. is. I, I, I bought that CD when it came out and got the Polaroids with it and everything. It was fun. Yeah, I think I have those somewhere, too. I don't know if I still have them. They, they might be in a box someplace, but... Since yeah, my yeah. parents sold their house, I, I now all of my stuff is either in this house or it's not. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's it, my my thing used to be. I think it's in my parents' basement. Like now, it's no, it's in this house or it's not. So, maybe it's here. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's an excellent pick. My favorite Pro Jam album as well. So, or I don't know if it's your. I, I don't know if you said it was your favorite, but it's it's my favorite. It's it, yeah. It's it's like Yield is kind of a a contender, but. Mm-hmm. It's uh, depending on the day. It's one of those two for me. Yeah, to me, it's records two, three, four, and five are the only ones I would even consider for best Pearl Jam records. Yeah. Um. No offense to ten. It's just it's just too bombastic for my tastes. Right. Yeah. Uh. So my recommendation comes from uh actually another podcast. I listen to a podcast called IndieCast, hosted by uh, music writers Ian Cohen and Steve Steve uh, Steve not there. Yeah. Ian Cohen and uh, Stephen Hyden. I almost said Steve Cohen because we're on a Mets podcast, and so I almost combined their names into being the owner of the Mets. But Stephen Hyden recommended this band uh, last week that has a ridiculous name. They're called Bitchin' Bahas, and their record is called Bahasolators, like oscillators, Bahasolators. But he described them on the podcast as Steve Reich meets the Grateful Dead. And that's like an amazingly perfect description of this band. It is um, sort of this like minimalistic droning stuff that goes on for, I think the shortest song on the record is something like 
nine minutes long. There's these like very long, just like droning things that do eventually. Uh, the, uh, calling them jams is a very over, uh, it, probably an, uh, an overexertion of that term, but they they certainly grow and adjust and get malleable. And the songs just it, it's like it's it's been the best record I found in the last few months of when I have like work to do, putting it on and just listening while I'm working because there's there's not really melody to draw you out or lyrics to distract you it's just this like soundscape but if you're a fan of like jammy music at all i think it's kind of interesting if you're a fan of minimalist music you know um i think it's also very interesting and it, it, i i i like both of those to varying degrees and i turns out i really like when they play together so uh this record is a lot of fun i have not gone back but i did see yesterday that Bitchin' Bajas did a record of all Sun Ra covers called Switched on Ra. So I think that's going to be my next step. But for now, I will recommend Bahasolators by Bitchin' Bajas. I wish they had a better name, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, that is that is the music picks for this week. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, if you are local, come to City Field, 4 o'clock, Ebbs Brewery. Come dollars for dingers. If you say hi, I'll give you a high five or prob probably a fist bump in these p pandemic times. But you know, I will acknowledge your presence with my hand in some way. Um, <laughs> but come say hi to everybody. Make some pledges. Give money to the amazing National Domestic Violence Hotline. If you don't understand why that hotline is so important, just do some research. Um, it saves lives and makes people feel it. They're they're amazing people and they're a great partner for us. So thank you so much for the hotline and please pledge for Dollars for Dingers. You can find out more about Dollars for Dingers and the rest of the Mets universe over at AmazingAvenue.com. Uh, Amazing Avenue is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. Chris is on Twitter at Chris McShane. I am on Twitter at Brian is an F. And until next time, and especially tomorrow at Ebbs, let's go Mets. <laughs>